Attending chats this evening, sexual harassment and the many subtle ways it happens. Tonight, we wrap up our Women's Month series of conversations around... Um, uh, around issues that continue the oppression of women. Now, sexual harassment is rife in our society. Often it goes unnoticed and unreported. And uh, it somehow becomes a normal part of everyday life, which is unacceptable. I'm joined on the line by Mara Glenny, founder and director at Tears Foundation. She'll be guiding us about sexual harassment and the subtle ways in which it manifests. Mara, thank you so much. This feels like a full circle conversation because when we started uh, Women's Month, we started on the topic of consent. And uh, I'll tell you this, um, I'm getting a lot of reviews on that conversation and the content piece and the questions that you answered for us. And uh, thank you so much for availing yourself and, and willing to share and, uh, and uh, give us insights that will make us better and uh, allow us to make better decisions going forward. Always a pleasure to be here, and thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity of sharing my thoughts. Now, sexual harassment goes beyond inappropriately touching someone. How would you explain sexual harassment in broad terms? You know, it, it's such a hard and, and a very infinite matter, as you mentioned in your intro. So one of the important ways for people to understand is if it doesn't make you feel good, it's not good. Mm. And that's a very important yardstick because it's something that you might be okay for your partner to do would not be okay for another person's partner. So first of all, whatever interaction you have, it must be rewarding to you. It must make you feel good. The second thing is inappropriate behavior. Um, Unfortunately, we as women quite often cover inappropriate behavior. So uh, your partner makes a, a, a joke that's of the wrong color and it's sexually and you sort of laugh nervously and try to make good. Actually, we have to take a stand. Please, that was an embarrassing topic, you can tell him. And not obviously in the middle, but also, I'm sorry, I'm not laughing because I don't think that's funny. Mm. So what we do is we allow bad behavior. Another bad behavior that we allow is we let our personal media, be it our internet, be it our Facebook, be it our phone. Nobody has the right to look at your phone. And if you're allowing that kind of behavior that someone can monitor who you speak to, when you speak to, what you speak about, you're already allowing abusive behavior. So what I've discovered with the many people that I've counseled and from my own life experiences is that we often... We are not responsible and we are not to blame, but we do enable poor behavior. And it's to learn ourselves, teach ourselves uh, or learn how to monitor and stop poor behavior. Mm. Mm. No, I like how you actually started out there. And it's so broad that we can overlook those things that you just mentioned. Thank you so much, Mara. Another one is, it's much easier to note physical forms of sexual harassment what are some examples of verbal forms? And you mentioned in a conversation or a topic comes about or the cell phone aspect. Are there other forms that we need to be careful of, verbal ones and nonverbal ones? Yes, I think that one of, of, of is allowing um, a person to criticize, say that you are dressing too sexy. 
and that your dress style is going to cause someone to rape you. You know, rape is the decision of a rapist. It's not by your dress. It's not by miniskirts. I'm a child of the 60s. We didn't see lots of rape suddenly happening because miniskirts became fashionable. No, people have allowed it to happen. So inappropriate behavior can take the form of thinking because the the girl is wearing, or or me, is wearing a, a, a revealing skirt that I'm asking for it. No, I'm not. I just like showing my legs off. So I think we need to be very careful. Uh, And we also need to be careful of language because, as you said, verbal, language that encourages a In a pub, when men start picking on a girl, we don't stand by her. So we call it bystander intervention. And if if there's a, a, a crowd of guys picking on a girl and saying, oh, where are you going tonight? We'll give you a lift home. You can very quietly be a man or a woman say, um, I can get you an Uber if you need a lift or I'm in the corner if you need a lift. We don't have to end up in fisticuffs to stop a, a verbal abuse. We can just be a bystander who intervenes in a meaningful way. And it's very hard because we are a very aggressive nation. We are thinking that if we stand up for a girl in a bar situation, we'll end up in a fight. No, we don't have to do that. We could just quietly say something like, if you need a lift home, I can call an Uber. Or, are you fine? Would you like to uh, walk over here? And it can be a girl or a guy who stands up for another girl. Because Mm -hmm. we actually become onlookers. We don't want to be onlookers. We want to be involved bystanders. Mm. Now, where is the line between complimenting someone and sexually harassing them? You you raised the point of like, oh, that dress looks so sexy. Clear from the, like, so sexy. Who are you to come through? Already that says to me, red flag, that's sexual harassment. But like, is there a place to draw lines between complimenting someone and sexually harassing them, Mara? Well, I do think that... um if you're speaking out at someone's address, uh, how they dressed, um, you're already over that line. And they have said, how do I look? Or you look beautiful. It's complimentary. It's not placing her mm. in a box. So I think we need to be very careful what our words are conveying. Uh, are they conveying a sense of well-being? You look beautiful. That color is very flattering on you. What a lovely dress. I can see you took care dressing tonight. Or you sexy that's going into her space and it's it's putting a label on her that perhaps she never even considered. She just liked the style of the dress. She thought it was flattering. So we need to be very careful because verbal abuse can start with a very small thing. And you know it can actually become in an office um, situation. You get lots of verbal ad- abuse that happens with colleagues. And it's very indefinable. So let me start with what, at the very beginning, if it doesn't make you feel good, it is not a good comment. Mm. If it doesn't make you feel good, it's not a good comment. The line between courting someone and sexually harassing them, is there a difference? And um, could you please tell us more, if you do know? Gosh, that's such a fine line, because... Uh, every part of our sexual anatomy is a fine line. And so, um, again, let me start off. When you're courting somebody, 
They need to know that your intentions are to engage in the relationship, um, not just to have sex with you, which is quite a, a difference. And in terms of conveying the message, again, I'm just because people always ask me, how do I know that he, that um, he's interested in me? Well, you'll know because there'll be that energy. You'll catch his eye. He'll catch your eye. But if it doesn't make you feel good, and then I'm going to add to good, safe. Because relationships should be safe. And if it doesn't make you feel safe, it's not a relationship. So if someone is waiting for you every day after work and unexpectedly it hasn't been planned and you start to get to feeling that he's stalking you, that is too much attention and he's stalking you and it's not a safe place. Because mm. then you start to think, if I come out of the shopping center, he may be there or he's waiting outside my house. So that edge of taking so much attention of a person that you're stalking her is not a safe place because it can be a, com a compulsive behavior. So again, we must make our partner feel safe in any overtures that we make. The difference between sexual harassment and sexual assault. Please walk us through the difference. Well, sexual harassment can take many, many forms. It can take a verbal harassment and it can take grabbing and touching. So sexual harassment is unwanted attention that isn't uh, um, responded to. In other words, you're not, not an enjoyable in, interaction. And I think one must always remember that um, uh, sex, uh, sexual interaction um, uh, is meant to be a pleasurable interaction between people, but unwanted sexual re uh, interaction can be extremely awful. So you have the two extremes of something, and one must be careful how you express your uh, outward feelings. One of the interesting things is that um, quite often um, men are not taught to express their feelings and mm -hmm. then women have idealistic uh, expectations from some fairy tale uh, rom romance story. So quite often one of the best things that you have to do with the partner that you care about is share your emotions and your feelings. Because if you don't know how to show a person you love them, it can be a harassing experience. So for me, within a relationship, one of the important things is to talk about it. I love it when you call me beautiful, but I hate it when you call me sexy in front of your friends. Both of those could be true or not be true, but it's just that point of being honest about our feelings. Because... If we don't start off a relationship in honesty, it can't grow on a successful base. Mm. And now, when it comes to sexual assault, um, we, we, we have heard and seen of cases. And let's talk about how this also needs to be rooted out and how we play our part at seeing the first signs of sexual assault. The frightening, it's a great question that you ask because the frightening thing is that every single day in South Africa, three women are murdered by their intimate partner. So obviously sexual assault is very, very rampant in our country. And it can start off with pulling of hair, but essentially what it is is about not the act of what's happening, but it's about this is what I want you to do. And this, I'm going to force you to bow to my will. 
So sexual assault, whatever form it is taking, is about one person's will, mostly over the woman. And if you look at some of the high-profile cases that have hit our papers and broken our hearts at the same time, it was because the perpetrator actually wanted the woman to fulfill a certain role that he had, whether it's something as dramatic as not having the baby they've uh, and have an abortion, whether it was having sex with him in the back room of a post office and everything in between. It's about imposing your sexual gratification or your will on another person. So assault is actually that, taking control of that person and forcing them into a situation where you take control of them by forcing them to do something or in South Africa, as I said, far three a day, kill them. You know, Mara, just reflecting on my years of being on radio, I haven't heard a conversation of, around sexual harassment and sexual assault as the conversation that we had this evening. And I, I'm, I'm just coming from a place of like, I'm reflecting and I'm like, yo, can you imagine how many people are not clued up and these things are happening to them? Now, we need to speak to, to those people and many are women who are victims of sexual assault, um, especially in the workplace. And often what ends up happening, they don't know how to go about addressing it. How? should they go about addressing it? What is your advice? I'm a survivor of intimate partner violence. So I can tell you from the first hand um, that it's a very hard thing to do. I also want to tell you that we do make allowances. I started off our conversation by saying we make allowances. They didn't mean that. They didn't really say that. So I think the first thing we've got to do to get out of a, a relationship that's not doing good for us is to be brutally honest with ourselves. You have to be honest and say, you know, I'm putting up with the stuff. He's doing A, B, and C. Um, he's flirting with my friends, whatever it is. He's abusing me in front of the office, and I don't like it. So the minute you are honest with yourself, you can look for a solution. And the solution must be get the help that you need. There are many organizations. So I've revealed today that I started Tears 10 years ago because I didn't want other women to nearly lose their lives and go through what I went through. And so I, my whole campaign is about helping women reach out for help. So I help people right across the whole of South Africa. If you mail me personally, I answer your mail. We will phone you. We will discuss your case with you, and we will suggest the best way to get help, whether it be counseling, whether it be a safe house, whether it's an exit plan. Because every one of us are individual and beautiful and have a different way that they have to go forward. But you have to acknowledge it. And you have to ask for help. You don't want to be lying on the floor covered with blood and someone picks you up. It might not be too late, but you would have lost a part of your life. And actually what I'm saying is, you're talking to me tonight and I'm 100% fine. I've recovered from my abuse. And I'm saying to all of you tonight, reach out to us. And we will do our best to help you because recovery is just around the corner. Help is a phone call away. So our number that you can dial is star one three four star seven three five five hash. 
I just want to tell you on that number, you can either find three places that you can get counseling in your area or you can ask for emergency help and they will phone you back within less than 20 seconds and send help for you. So you are not alone. You are valuable and we want to help you. Mara, I appreciate you for this conversation. Thank you so much for adding hope and also making sure that um, we are also in the know in terms of what is actually at the heart of our big problems here in South Africa. As, as part of our Women's Month series, right, the conversations were around issues that continue to oppress women. Uh, but more than that is just putting that to light and put it in the fore and hoping that the men who are listening to this show will take it upon themselves and say, not in my name, and I want to leave it better than I have found it. So I will start accounting and doing better instead of being a bystander who's going to fold their arms and say, I won't won't get involved and I don't want to get involved. It's not my business. It's everybody's business. And talking about sexual harassment and sexual assault, it's everybody's business. And we all need to be hands on deck. Thank you so much, Mara. And amen to that. Thank you for the call. I was chatting to founder and director of Tears Foundation, Mara Glenny, um, uh, and the, the trending chat this evening was around sexual harassment and the many subtle ways it happens as we wrap up our Women's Month series.